It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. A special welcome if this is the first time you've tuned into e-commerce master plan podcast or if you're tuning in for the first time in a while. It's excellent to be chatting to you. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this multi-award winning show and it's my aim in every episode to bring you inspiring stories and examples of retailers and brands who are striving for e-commerce success and doing interesting things on the path to net zero. Every January, we release our January growth series to help you pull together your perfect plan for 2022. We've some cracking guests coming up for you over the full nine episodes of the series. And this is one of our hugely popular mashup episodes where a flock of e-commerce experts each share their bite-sized top tips. There's not a lot of net zero in this one, But there is a lot of great insight on what we learned in 2021 and how you can leverage that to create greater success in 2022. One caveat before we get started is I have an impressive head cold on the go today. So if I sound a bit muffled and fuzzy, that's why. I know the editors are going to do their best to make me sound better, but we have to get this one recorded today. So apologies in advance for fuzzy voice, Chloe. Okay, get ready to be inspired by my band of experts as soon as we've heard from our sponsors. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion, that's billion with a B, by 2025. As the fastest growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge powers the growth of thousands of subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty and higher average order values. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omnichannel brand, subscriptions strengthen your brand's relationship with your customers and make it easy for consumers to make repeat purchases. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with the subscription payment solution trusted by over 45 million subscribers worldwide. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash masterplan. Okay, the insight is about to come thick and fast. So you'll be glad to know that we've put our notes, including lots of links to things mentioned by our experts, plus various free resources they made available to you, plus the full transcript of the episode in the show notes page that you will find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. Okay, coming up, you are going to hear from some of the world's top e-commerce podcasters, some of the world's top e-commerce consultants and coaches, and some of those awesome people who work for your favourite software programmes. All of them are answering the same question for us. That question is, what is the most important thing we learned in e-commerce in 2021? Now, a lot happened in e-commerce and retail in 21. I mean, who thought it could get even more crazy than 2020 was? So there's plenty for them to draw on. And we are going to be covering a lot of ops, mindset and a fair bit of marketing too, as we work our way through their answers. And I'm going to do my best to string the whole thing together into something a little bit cohesive so you can get the most out of their answers. 
Let's start with the awesome Sue Monate from Gift Biz Unwrapped. Every time we ask Sue onto the show, she brings such clear insights. So it's awesome to have her back again. Sue's community is those who have traditionally sold at fairs and markets, a group for whom the last two years have created as much upheaval as for, quite frankly, any other part of retail. Jumping backwards in time to put this in context... I'd say that 2020 was the year when people who relied on face-to-face selling had no choice but to get online. In my space of handmade product creators, there were many who had never had an online presence before. No social, and certainly not a website. So we had a lot of newbies to the space at that time. Websites went up with quality levels all over the board. Facebook and Instagram shops were created as places to sell, too. 2021 saw a settling of the panic and the rush to the web. As things started to open up again, I saw two different reactions. The first is makers going back to their old ways. The what I'd call false belief that everything is well and life can resume as normal. They reverted back to ways that they're the most comfortable with, and that is selling in person at shows. Websites and social media pages are somewhat abandoned. They're sitting out there but not doing much of anything. No updates and no action. Obviously, I don't advise this as the way to go. On the other side, though, I've seen most makers embrace e-commerce and realize that it's not such a scary beast after all. What they learned this past year is that simply putting up a website and having it perform are two totally separate things. So, the focus shifted to learning SEO and upgrading the site's content for better search opportunities. Also, perfecting photography and creating more robust about pages, featured items highlights, and announcements for show schedules, things like that. On a more advanced level, Some handmade product makers now recognize that different online platforms have different audiences. So having a site on Etsy, selling in Amazon Handmade or in Facebook shops, and also having your own website can all bring sales that wouldn't have happened without multiple online e-commerce sites. Additionally, and to be honest, the understanding of this is all still evolving, Each site is a different representation of your business. You present different products to sell on different platforms, you title your products differently, and you speak to the audiences in a way that is aligned with the strengths of each platform. So overall, I'd say that 2021 came with an up-leveling of quality and activity in e-commerce for my community. If you're one of Sue's community, then make sure you have a listen to her podcast, Gift Biz Unwrapped. I really do like how Sue explains how the growth in competition has happened. We hear a lot about the growth in online consumers over the past two years, a lot less about how the huge growth in the number of online sellers has happened, which, as Sue outlines, has settled down a little in the last year. But those who haven't abandoned it are busy learning the skills to compete with the rest of us more effectively. So don't expect competition levels to drop off anytime soon. Rather than have me waffle on about this, let's let Retis Loris, co-founder and CEO at Omnisend, take us further to what we learned about what we need to do about more competition and more customers. 2021, I would say, uh, were the year of uh, two parts. Uh, 
pandemic and the post-pandemic. Although COVID technically is not over and then the pandemic is there, but like behavior of uh, online stores and of the shoppers has changed. So first half of the year, uh, like winter and then, then spring was, was a bit different. There was still like pandemic year. So people were still actively shopping online and more or less only online. And the same we saw, we saw that there was still a massive acceleration for all the online stores. And uh, starting starting uh, at summer, and the trend, uh, trend continues to be, we saw that there is a bit of a decline, and we call it like post-pandemic. People uh, got back at some extent to uh, to to offline stores. The uh, you know food food presence in the offline stores. That's what we love doing, and that, there's a bit of a challenge of everyone selling online. So, and this post-pandemic, like. Uh, brought a couple of challenges, I would say. First one is really like, although people, so first one is a bit uh, fewer sales. Uh, second one, as we saw among our customer base, there was a decline starting from some in the sales in comparison to the first half of the year. Uh, second second challenge was uh, logistics, which is still in place. And I believe it will continue. That still, it's not that obvious that you can ship the products from the, wherever country, mainly in Asia, they're being produced. Uh, so this this challenge is still there, and it's uh, becoming more still important, like important, and, and the challenge is still growing. And the third challenge is uh, the increased prices for customer acquisition. So Facebook and Google prices for customer acquisition in the past couple of years has increased two point four. 2.4, 2.5 times, which is a massive increase. And this, this brought a, a, a challenge for a lot of uh, those who do sell online. So, um, and I would say kind of like wrapping up this year. So this year when uh, was when it distilled a little bit, uh, those wannabe online sellers to those who are really businesses and investing and into into their online stores into their products into their brands and i think this trend will continue that uh, like drop shipment basically the era of drop shipping is over yeah so i just have a side hustle and i spend 30 minutes per day to run my online store is not the case anymore so it's still, there is a great news that during pandemics, a lot of offline businesses moved online and they are there and they are thriving and everything is great with them. But I think this is what really defined in 2021. Either you are doing business and you are investing both your time, money into running it properly, into succeeding, or you just don't succeed at all. So there is no way just to spend one hour per week and have like online store successful and earning some extra cash because of those few reasons which I just mentioned. So I think this is this is kind of the main the main thing which happened in 2021. So if the winners are those who take it seriously, I wonder where the competition levels will even out to. Now, the other big surge, of course, was in people going online to buy. Let's find out what lesson Arlen Robinson from OSI Affiliates took from this angle. What I think we saw happening also in, in 2020 and then going into 2021 is that, like it or not, the whole world was kind of uh, forced to do a crash course in buying online. We saw such an influx of that. And because of this influx of people um, purchasing online, if your establishment didn't have your ducks in order or weren't able to 
to service customers effectively, you really lost out. I mean, I saw a lot of businesses go um, fall to the wayside. Unfortunately, it went under because they didn't have the means to sell online or they weren't even selling, you know, successfully online. Maybe they had kind of like a 1.0 iteration of their initial press e-commerce presence online. But, you know, maybe taking it to the next level was an afterthought prior to 2020 and the shutdowns. They hadn't thought too much about it. They say, yeah, you know, we'll get to it. You know, I got enough foot traffic. I'm not worried about it. That's not my thing. I don't need to think about selling online. But, you know, I think um, that kind of mindset has unfortunately come back to bite people. And, you know, with 2021, I think that biggest lesson was that, uh, you know, you have to be proactive when it comes to uh, you're adapting to these changes that, you know, you kind of can see coming, but you're just like, all right, I'll get to it when I get to it. You really do have to be proactive with it. So the tech stack is still so essential. With both competition and customer numbers increasing online, your customer experience has to be spot on and you have to be able to adapt fast, which means being on a tech stack that enables you to do just that. Let's hear from our next expert who's going to dive further into that. This is going to be Luke Hodgson from e-commerce thinking who's going to get deeper into that all-important ops side of things. So, Luke, what's the biggest lesson we learned in e-commerce in 2021? That your operational setup determined how big you won or lost through the lockdowns, whether that's supply chain and stock forecasting through to customer service and the level of automation you've got in the business. The surge in demand for e-commerce that came out out the back of everyone being locked in and not being able to go to the shops, just exposed how valuable it is to do the unsexy stuff really well inside of a business. So it really doesn't matter how good your brand and marketing is if you haven't got the stock to sell. Without a strong back office, you're basically screwed, is what we learned. Get the unsexy stuff sorted if you don't want to get screwed over. Now, I hope that makes sense in translation. Um, We've got a whole episode with Luke coming up next week where we'll be talking about growth stages. So watch out for that one or should it be listen out for that one? Success relies on your operational setup quite clearly. Now, whilst it's easy to focus that thinking on the website and your backend software, there's a lot more to it. So let's continue the ops theme with our next guest, Ben Marks from Shopware, who's going to talk about supply chain and a fair bit on planning as well. Well, no plan or projection is bulletproof. Um, We saw at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was uh, rightfully reasonably terrified at just everything stopping. But then quickly, we saw we saw that stoppage turn into an excess. Uh, we saw we saw some businesses, of course, you know, tragically didn't survive that initial hit. But then other businesses, they quickly, um, they quickly ended up in Black Friday territory every day, like every single day. And what that then quickly led to is uh, people people going from worrying about not being able to sell enough, but 
selling too much and the opportunity cost of not being able to get the supply that they needed in place in time and get things to consumers you know and then consumers themselves were having to adjust you know they might they might typically go to a store to get a certain buy things from a certain vertical and then you know maybe that entire vertical had to shift to a more online presence and we saw all sorts of uh, all sorts of adjustments being made there um, the home fitness category I think is is, is an easy story for everyone to, to grasp onto um, so you know once once people realized they were stuck at home and wanted to invest, you know, take the money they were spending at the gym and invest it right there in their own, uh, their own environment. Well, they, uh, that means they're ordering a bunch of stuff and that stuff has to be manufactured and has to get to them. And uh, various, various vendors had to figure out like, okay, well, I can't get physically get my stuff out of Asia or maybe out of one country in Asia. So I'll set up operations in another country in Asia. I will bring raw materials into the, you know, into, in our case, like the US and I'll manufacture stuff here and it's going to cost more. But it turns out people seem to be making more money. I think that was also another thing we were wondering about. Is anyone going to have any money to buy anything? And uh, we quickly saw how how big e-commerce got in a big way. You know, we we've advanced we've advanced the adoption of e-commerce and and you know the the, the displacement of retail purchases, you know, like physical in-person purchasing by like five years by some estimates. So if we want to if we want to sort of take that and 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 take a lesson from that, it's it's that businesses should really force themselves um, to to look at every aspect of their operations from outside, from a fresh perspective constantly because you 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 really cannot rely on assumptions like oh, the supply chain is going to be there and going to 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 work consistently and smoothly because something is always going to happen that can influence how much uh, how much importance you put on having stock like onshore or, you know, at least adjacent to your customer base. And I think we're going to see some interesting warehousing solutions come out of this because there's going to be a real risk aversion to, to, to giving up a lot of money um, when your customers, you know, want to buy more of your product than you thought. Um, there are disruptions in delivery. I think we're going to see, um, you know, two day, uh, two day or less become the norm, even across a country like the U.S. I know there are some interesting startups working in the space right now, and and that'll be that'll be something remarkable for a country as sizable and a market as big as the U.S. Um, and then, you know, just we're seeing in general um, the 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 perennial the perennial force of of consumer behavior. Uh, consumers are always adopting whatever's new. So the, the cool innovation at one merchant one one day becomes the the industry standard the next day. Uh, we've been we've been putting uh, putting <laughs> the screws on consumers for so long, testing them and iterating how we how we merchandise, how we engage, um, how we you know, bump up the average order value. All these things just you find that you find the winning recipe, and then guess what? Everyone expects that, so you have to go for the next thing. But again, just always be willing to look from an outside perspective, uh, from every angle at every dimension of your business. Um, and there's a great way of doing that. And I've seen it, I've seen it, you know, in all the years I've been in e-commerce is to, you know, align with your competitors, um, align with, with, uh, fellow entrepreneurs and just ask them like, Hey, can you take a look at this? Um, what, what, what are, what am I missing? You know, or am I missing anything? I love Ben's recommendation to ask others, to get other people's opinions, to make sure you don't miss something vital in those planning and preparation stages. Twist, pivot and twist again. Be agile, be ready to adapt and change. It feels like that's the thread that runs through all of these answers. Right, let's shuffle on a bit from ops and ask our next guest the same question as everyone else. What's the biggest lesson we learned in e-commerce in 2021? Jamie Huskinson from JH. 
I think we learned the power of people. Uh, by that, I mean the kind of the relationships we hold and really how to bring different parties together to underline success. So those that didn't have the relationships with their suppliers suffered in areas they perhaps they wish they hadn't suffered in. Those who had the relationships and built out the uniqueness in their approaches to those relationships, the real personal touches, they really built out a machine where they could ask for favors, get stuck ahead of others, be trusted a little more in those supplier relationships a bit more than others would. And I think when it, the same thing applies to your team. So we saw a lot of teams having to be built on the fly whilst the train was speeding along at full speed, almost coming off the tracks at times. And we saw a really high value in great managers and great linchpins within organizations that really get people around them pushing forward towards the end goal, delegation, empowerment, sharing vision, and so on, being really clear with where they were going. I think the brand has to ultimately live through the people. And this year, we saw people that matched the brand values and the aspirations really thrive, whilst we saw others perhaps fall back because they didn't have that same alignment. Jamie runs a hugely successful Magento agency here in the UK called JH. So I find it fascinating that his answer was about people rather than tech. But I think he is spot on and that the partnerships we build will be even more important in 2022. But I get ahead of myself. We are not looking forward in this episode. We are looking back. I have the answers of two more experts to share with you. But first, let's keep the sponsors happy. Give them a listen. And then I'll be right back with our last two guests who between them are sharing seven answers. So stay tuned in. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Looking for a way to boost loyalty and sales whilst providing top-notch experience to your customers? SMS is the answer. Yotpo SMS Bump makes it easy for you to engage customers with highly personalised text messages to maximise conversions wherever you are in the world. As one of the first text marketing platforms for e-commerce, Yotpo SMS Bump offers a variety of ways to collect SMS subscribers at scale, recover abandoned carts on autopilot, launch targeted campaigns to increase retention and more. Don't miss out on the channel's 90% plus open rate enjoyed by over 96,000 customers sending SMS all over the world. Yes, this isn't a UK or a USA only service. Start your SMS journey with Yotpo SMS Bump and get a month of text messages for free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash SMS Bump. That's ecommercemasterplan.com slash SMSBUMP. One of the best things you can do for your profitability and the planet is to reduce your product returns. Did you know that customer reviews have the potential to reduce your returns by 18%? That's what happened when Australian Body Care installed Opinu. Australian Body Care's e-commerce manager Simon Bourne Rasmussen said... We chose Opinu as an integration partner instead of similar apps because of the supreme support we got from day one, the competitive pricing and the integration's technical superiority. 
So if you want a reviews app that makes increasing sales and reducing returns easy, you need Opinu. Trusted by 10,000 Shopify retailers worldwide, Opinu boosts Shopify stores with reviews rich in UGC. Get your reviews now with a 14-day free trial at Opinu.com. That's O-P-I-N-E-W.com. We have two experts left to give us their answers to what are the biggest lessons we learned in e-commerce in 2021. Both totally ignored that the question points them to give just one answer. So prepare for lots and lots uh, more lessons learned coming from our next guests. First, let's go to Chris Dawson from Tame Bay. He's been part of these episodes since we first did them in 2016. And yet again this year, he brings the value. 2021 has been one of those years where we still got the tail end of Brexit. We still had the pandemic. Nothing was normal. So it's really hard to learn lessons. But having said that, there are still a lot of things that we have learned. Number one, cross-border trade is essential, but there is a lot more legislation than there ever used to be. Yes, with Brexit, there's VAT or IOS or marketplace VAT selling to Europe. But also places like the States have had the US Stop Act and there's more legislation coming. Watch out for legislation on packaging, for example, coming in where you as the the, the supplier will be responsible for um, ecological disposal of packaging and possibly even having to pay a fee for packaging that you send into various countries. Germany is likely to be one of the first. So a lot of disruption and It really is a case of those that get to grips with the legislation are those that are winning. Those that aren't getting to grips with it, I'm seeing more and more that overseas customers are simply stopped buying from the UK um, if they get a bad experience. If they get a, a, a charge for VAT on the doorstep, they don't want to buy from you again. But if they bought from someone else that didn't get a charge on the doorstep, they'll buy from them instead. But there's been another major change in the past year, and that's what I really want to talk about. And that is the rise of selling on social media and social messaging services. Social media, places like WhatsApp, um, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. We've seen a massive change in the last year. And you're probably sitting there thinking, why on earth is Chris talking about selling on social media? That's been around for years. But the big difference and what I find really exciting is up until fairly recently, the only way you've been able to sell on social media is by dropping a link to your website or to a marketplace listing and sending your customer off to somewhere to buy, whether that be a marketplace or your website. The big change now is that you can complete a transaction on social media sites. So you can complete a transaction on Facebook. You can complete a transaction on Instagram. You can even complete a transaction on messaging services like WhatsApp. Now, this is going to be a major game changer because it means that rather than using Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest as a marketing platform, you can have to start viewing it more as a marketplace platform where you can actively sell to customers. You'll be marketing a different way. You can't just bang a listing up like you can on Amazon or eBay. Um, You'll need to have the content to encourage people to buy from you. 
But if someone finds your product through discovery, maybe on Pinterest, because they're looking at beautiful pictures of Christmas decorations and they see your Christmas decoration, they want to buy it. They can buy it on Pinterest now. And messaging on platforms like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, you can also complete transactions on those platforms. So imagine you're having a, a CRM, Customer Relationship Manager, but let's just call it a customer service call. It could be pre-sales. It could be post-sales. If it's pre-sales, someone's inquired about a product, you can let them complete the transaction on WhatsApp. If it's post-sales, maybe they've already bought a product, you can maybe sell some complementary products to go with it, again, on the messaging platform. No dropping a link to your website anymore, just complete the transaction on that platform. So big takeaway from this year is it's time to get serious about social media and messaging services and start exploring ways that you can engage with customers on those platforms, but not just engage, but actually complete transactions with customers on those platforms. Cross-border trade and the rise of social selling, things are about to get more complicated. To do both those well and be ready to try new channels and countries you need you guessed it, your ops and tech stack right. If you want to swat up fast on the topics Chris just ran through, then Tamebay are running a free virtual event very soon to help you master it all. So check out the show notes for details of that. Um, It's time to hear from our final guest, Tim Richardson, host of the Your Basket is Empty podcast and ex- Shopify agency, We Make Websites. Tim has truly gone above and beyond with his answer, bringing you five lessons learnt. I did consider editing it down to keep it on brief, but the content is so good, there wasn't a single one of his four I could bring myself to deny you the joy of listening to, or even the usefulness of listening to. This is now in particular for the McCann 4Ps, because I think that's something we all need to adapt to in 2022. I think we've learned a few things, so I'm going to try and distill it down or distill my thoughts down into some key areas. Firstly, I don't believe we've landed on what the new normal in e-commerce actually is. Although uh, I think there was a plateau from 2020, um, I think we can all agree that there was a continued acceleration throughout 2021. However, I think as like COVID cases rise in Europe and there seems to be some continued supply chain disruption, I think brands are going to continue into uh, sailing through uncharted waters. Um, However, I'd like to think that we'll get back to some sort of new baseline like mid or late next year. Secondly, the five Ps of marketing have now been replaced by four. There was a really good article or a thesis put forward this year by uh, McCann's uh, World Group's chief uh, digital officer, Sean McDonald, that suggested we're entering uh, a new era of marketing. And it is a pyramid of purpose, positioning, partnerships, and personalization. I thought that was really, really good. Uh, thirdly, greenwashing. As a consumer, I am consciously confused. As ESG gains popularity across all of uh, these different sectors, different companies, I'm finding it hard to separate the wheat from the greenwashers. So I think a big thing for brands to be learning from uh, as they enter 2022 and beyond is how can they differentiate themselves from the greenwashers? Headless and API-based commerce. So interesting stat. 
85% of the new business inquiries I saw over 2021 were headless. Uh, So that suggests to me that headless is more than a buzz term. However, my sense is that brands need educating on the appropriate tech stack. Uh, And at the same time, the headless market is like flourishing with new entrants and options. So I think that's a good mix of white space and opportunity. So I'm very excited about what we're going to see here in 2022 and beyond. Finally, customer retention. I assume and I'm sure there's loads of literature on this, that an unfortunate byproduct of the acceleration of e-com was a spike in acquisition costs and competition. And if you couple this with things like the iOS 14 update, which from what I understand was incredibly challenging, (laughs) brands need to be focusing on customer retention strategies. So things like uh, diversifying into different channels, uh, loyalty programs, community building, subscriptions, et cetera. Thank you, Tim. So I told you he was going to bring the value and a huge range of lessons there, all influenced by the consumer and the competition boom, all reliant on a strong operational base and a business that's happy to twist, pivot and test. And if anyone's wondering why this episode is so white male heavy, it really wasn't the intention. But tech failures, diary nightmares and so forth robbed us of our diversity this time. I promise to try harder again next year and as we go through the rest of 2022. Now, there was a lot to get your head around in this episode, so please do listen to it again. And to help you take it all in, we've created our own set of notes from this episode with the links to our experts and some free resources they're offering you. Plus, we've produced the full transcript of it as well. You can get all that on our website. Just head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. Click on the all episodes link to find this one. When you're on the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, including notifications as episodes go live and details of the webinar I'll be hosting to round off our January growth series. There, I'll be sharing my take on where you should focus for maximum impact in 2022. The January Growth Series continues on Monday when we're going to be exploring not one but two massive e-commerce trends for 2022, veganism and marketplaces. And in a couple of weeks time, we'll have pretty much all these experts back again to give us their top tip for what you should be focusing on to be successful in 2022. You don't want to miss any of that. So make sure you've followed, subscribed to us wherever you are listening right now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the e-commerce master plan podcast for putting up with my uh, my cold filled voice as well. I bring you a new interview every episode because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with their businesses, both to make it more successful and to turn it into a force for good for our planet. If you know someone this show can help, please ask them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast. 
Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash masterplan.